From the very first moment that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez got together, they've had a Shawn Michaels and Diesel feel about them. And just like what happened with Diesel and Michaels, the Muscle Low team went on to win the top championship first when Raquel Gonzalez defeated Io Shirai at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver earlier this year. As of last night, though, Dakota Kai no longer stands at the side of Raquel Gonzalez. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, a website and database tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. We don't have a date for a match, but we know one's incoming, and it's probably at TakeOver 36. We also have headlines in the last 24 hours. John Smith is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for July 28, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. All right, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm in my usual spot, but you look like you're in parts unknown. I am in parts unknown. I'm actually not far from Mayor Kane. Uh, I'm in Tennessee. I feel his presence. Just flames bursting everywhere in Tennessee. <laughs> All right, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez on this morning's show. I had in my show graphic for this, Dakota Kai, NXT's Judas. And I think that's a good name for her considering what she has done to Tegan Knox and now Raquel Gonzalez. I think uh, she's got to be the, the Judas. She's the betrayer, the ultimate betrayer, right? Yes, she, I don't, first off, I don't know if you're, when you're Raquel Gonzalez, why you would get involved with uh, Dakota Kai, if you already saw what she did with her previous best friend, but I guess maybe she figured I'm gigantic. She would never do that to me and whatever, but we've seen this coming for a while. And then it was like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? And all of a sudden it's just like, they did it real quick the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Let's relive the history here. So Dakota Kai turned heel in 2019 at takeover war games the pay-per-view she turned on her own team attacked T her partner tegan knox months later so that was about months later now we're in february of 2020 dakota kai has a match against T tegan knox and it was here where raquel gonzalez makes her surprise debut that we haven't seen her since the may young classic back then she was reina gonzalez now here she is the muscle raquel gonzalez she takes out tegan knox Dakota gets the win there. Fast forward a little further. Dakota was the main star of the team. Raquel was the muscle. Kai would challenge Io Shirai at TakeOver 30 in August of 2020. She lost there. And the focus after that seemed to shift a little bit over to Ra Raquel Gonzalez, who had a marquee feud with Rhea Ripley at Hell Havoc last October. Gonzalez would go on to pin NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai at TakeOver War Games in December of 2020. And then Kai and Gonzalez as a tandem, they won the first Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Women's Classic and became the first NXT Tag Team Champions. That was at Vengeance Day and subsequent takeovers. They immediately lost those tag titles to Shotzi, Blackheart, and Maroon. Raquel Gonzalez would go on at Stand and Deliver and win the NXT Championship from Io Shirai. And all of this led up to last night where Dakota Kai simply asked who is woman enough to face Raquel as long as I have your back you'll always be champion and moments later Dakota would kick Raquel in the face to say she is woman enough and Al Carl would exclaim Dakota 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 yes 
I mean, I'm happy to see Dakota getting her her just due in the, in the spotlight. She didn't get one championship match last year, but I mean, we all figured she was losing that match. No, I don't think anybody really picked her to win. I could see her beating Raquel, but this has Raquel getting her revenge right away on Honor and then Dakota weaseling her way into another match and then cheating to win that one maybe for the title. But I, I'm not picking Raquel to lose just yet. You know me either. I've got Raquel winning this. And what's funny, what's interesting is I, I brought up in the intro that it, they've had this Shawn Michaels and Diesel feel. And I think everybody's seen that and they played off that a little bit here and there. When Diesel won the title, Shawn wasn't beating him for that title. And it wasn't until later, you know, it was about a year later that Shawn would win the title after Diesel had lost it. And then he would defend against Diesel and win. But. I think Raquel's got this locked down. I think, and I think that's the parallel. The muscles got the belt, the muscles who were behind at the moment. Dakota will have her, her time, but on the other hand, it's been one year since Dakota had her last title shot. When she lost to Io Shirai, it was August of 2020. So there's some symmetry in the story. If they want to bring this back around full circle and maybe she could get a victory here in August. It doesn't seem to fit the story, but when you look at the arc of Dakota, it fits. Yeah, maybe Dakota debuts another big muscle partner that's her bodyguard and like her insurance to keep the championship and to win it in the first place. Uh, that would be fun. A new, a new person. Yeah, like um, Dewdrop. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Dewdrop's taken, but maybe Piper Niffin might be available. Oh, okay. <laughs> So it obviously not announced for takeover, but that's where the smart one is. There's, they're not going to do this on NXT in two weeks. This is going to be takeover 36. Yeah. Especially that it's on a Sunday. Uh, they got to have, uh, they got to have the, all the championships on the line. It, it's, it's shaped up to be a very good takeover. And I have been, and I actually, I should say we've only got one official match, but it feels if you add this one in, it's a very strong, it's two matches usually out of five and. Those two are very strong matches. So we got Samoa Joe with Karrion Cross, which we'll talk about in a second. And you have this match. This could be a very strong takeover. And it's nice that I've been joking that it's main eventing the week. Yeah, we're going to probably see uh, Santos versus Swerve for the North American title. And then you had Joe and Cross, which is actually official. Walter Dragunov, too. Oh, Walter Dragunov. Yeah, just there. And then you got the Dakota Kai thing. And then uh, you're probably going to have MSK versus who? Miriam? Uh, well, what about LA Knight and Cameron Grimes? Or maybe we'll get some sort of ladder match where there's multiple teams involved. I'd love to see something like that. So in any case, I think this takeover 36 is really shaping up. Like we just mentioned, the three matches that are pretty official, you got Raquel Dakota, you've got Karen Cross and Joe, and you've got Walter Dragunov. Those matches are all going to be great. So that's 60% of the card right there. Anything else on Dakota Kai or Raquel? Like you said, it's a long time coming, but it came really fast. We got to hear from Dakota next week. I'm really interested in, you know, if the story's going to just be your generic, oh, you overlooked me and now I'm here to, you know, collect my respect or if there's actually going to be like a good story to it. Not to take anything away from them, but I just hope they don't do the generic split team type of angles, you know? Yeah, there's a story to be told here, right? Because Dakota should be talking about, I brought you in. You were nothing without me. I helped you get the spotlight. 
I wanted to be tag team champions and you seem to have your mindset on other things. And, and then yes, the, you overlooked me type of stuff, but, um, or, or I was always using you. Those are the kind of things that we're probably going to hear from Dakota. I went through the whole lineage. There was a point, and I think it was during the Rhea Ripley feud, where we started to see Raquel shift babyface a little bit. Not completely, she still had very heel tendencies, but there was a point where the fans started to really get behind her. And I think it was after the really good Rhea Ripley matches. And then the and then with Zia Lee, you know, she was playing babyface with that whole thing. Right, because Zia Lee is not a face. <laughs> she was definitely the face of that match. Yeah. All right, we've talked a little bit about TakeOver All, but we do have SummerSlam coming up, and we have a SummerSlam special that we're going to be hosting on the Eastern Observer for the Essential Wrestling Podcast SummerSlam special. It's Saturday, August 21st at 3 p.m. John, we have a couple of matches. I shouldn't say a couple. We have one match so far. It's Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the for the Raw Championship. That's what's been announced so far. But we have John Cena, Finn Balor, uh, Roman Reigns, Edge, Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Goldberg, all that stuff's kind of hanging out there. But uh, yeah, we've got the one match. Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair versus Daniel Bryan. Thoughts? Daniel Bryan always weasels his way in, but he never wins. So yeah, I don't have him winning it. I liked Al's idea yesterday of Nikki just losing and losing and all these non-title things leading up to it and then pulling off the victory when the title's on the line. Why give it to her if you're just going to have her lose it to somebody that's had it a million times already? Right. I think the money match, I've said it a few times, the money match is Nikki and Alexa. Um, and you know, whether that gets, whether the title's there or not, I think that's where the, the story will ultimately go, but whatever the matches end up being, we will be picking those on the day of SummerSlam at 3 PM. The EWP SummerSlam special should be a fun time for us and a great time for you to lock in your picks as you hear our analysis. It's so hard for me to take Nikki Ash seriously though. Like it's just seems so forced to me, like the character. I, I loved Nikki Crook. I loved her in NXT, like as crazy girl, her versus Asuka in a false count anywhere match was one of the best matches NXT's ever had. But like this whole thing doesn't make sense. Well, I will say that I think there was something that something failed in the execution with Nikki Ash because it just happened so suddenly. I, I think that it would have been good if we could have had some backstory that what caused the transformation and just all of a sudden one day she's got a blue mask on and she's got a cape. But if there was something that kind of told that backstory and they could even go back and do that now, but, but I think a lot of people feel your frustration. They could have been in the hurricane to have her be like his protege for a couple weeks or something. And then he's gone and she's got his gimmick. It would be, they could have just done like that one backstage segment where Nikki Cross is feeling dejected after a match and Gregory Helms walks up and says, Hey, come, let me talk to you for a minute. Then next week she's Nikki Cross. There you go. Or Nikki Ash. You're right. This is why we should be working for WWE. And as Al brings up, and as we've talked about on this show, she is there for the kids, right? She's not there to appeal to me and you, the, you know, 30 plus graphic. She's, she's there for the 10 year old girls. So. It, it makes sense. Doesn't make sense to me and you. <laughs> I get it. It's just like when she was such a different character in the be- in her beginnings. It feels like like she could be doing so much more. She's flying high for SummerSlam. So there we go. And John, we have a bunch more stuff to talk about. We'll get to right after the commercial break. 
Let's go there to commercial. We'll see everybody back here in about one minute. Word. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style. And the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts from the code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show picks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Pazzi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. In the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday, it consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you. For free, sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. It's the headlines portion of the show. All right, John, I do want to mention one more thing on the Nikki Ash thing because I, 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 I am an advocate for what Al said. I think that she's there for the 10 year old girls, but they also have her in that last segment of raw the last two weeks and her biggest segments of her career probably. So I think they should move her closer to the eight o'clock hour rather than the 11 o'clock hour, just so that they can capture the kids. But yeah, that makes sense. I feel like they'll probably do that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's big title match. Keep people there to the end type, that kind of thing. So it makes sense, but. Okay, other news from NXT last night, Ridge Holland making his return, still aligned with, with Pete Dart, only Borkin. Uh, no Pat McAfee on the show, though, so I guess we'll see what happens there. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Pat McAfee start pulling double duty and, and be working SmackDown and on Tuesdays, but I don't know if they're going to do that because then they'll have to pay him double, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to, for him to fit into his schedule. Yeah, as far as Rich Holland goes, though, I was super surprised. I looked him up after it happened, and apparently there were spoilers out there because this was pre-taped that he was going to be there. Yeah. But I had no clue of it. That's why I keep off the internet, typically. I just look for stuff after the fact instead of looking for previews. Yeah, I will say that now that we are back in the situation where fans are in the building, there's a lot more spoilers whenever anything's pre-taped. So it's really easy to get spoiled on impact right now it's really easy to get spoiled on nxt for this week and next week so try to avoid it if you don't want to be spoiled but it's there and it's sometimes uh a little too easy to run across so be careful yeah, out there i don't like the idea of them doing pre-taped nxts so what is it just because they're not head-to-head -head with aew anymore they can go ahead and pre-tape no it's only because they were moved because of the olympics yeah, they have store at the city time, right? Yeah, I don't know why they, maybe it was more efficient for them. So yeah. more, it's always going to be more efficient to do the pre-tape, but maybe they had a, an out because usually their contracts say you have to have X number of live shows and maybe they had an out because of the Olympics. So 
more cost-effective and easier. Okay, so we have Rich Holland making his return. Next week, we have Roderick Strong versus Bobby Fish. Joe Gacy versus Trey Baxter. Dexter Loomis versus Johnny Gargano in a lover or lever, lover or lose her match. And Hit Row versus Legato Delvin Tadzma. And hopefully more vignettes of Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. Oh, yeah. And that was, that stuff was gold. Him getting, crotching LA Knight with the club on his back swing and then knocking him in the head on the front, on the, on the follow through. Hole in one, by the way, with his gold, golden golf ball. And by the way, how long does Cameron Grimes have to wash LA Knight falls? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there, it was funny. There was no, when in the stipulation of he must become my butler or whatever, or there was no, no end date. It wasn't like for 30 days or whatever. So he's going to have to do something to regain his freedom. It, it's literally permanent, like a lifelong butler until he wins his freedom back somehow. Yeah. Al Carlos mentioning once Danny Birch gets healthy, the whole Pete Dunn, Oni Larkin, Danny Birch, Rich Holland, that is a faction to be reckoned with. Definitely true. And then he's asking about rumors about zombies and vampires on sci-fi. And I don't think there's anything that I've heard that to substantiate that rumors, except for what we had mentioned on this show, that would have been a good idea. Yeah, not except for the zombie part, but the ECW thing would have been, it's such a gimme. How do they not do that? Exactly. Exactly. But I think things that do look like we're heading towards a Cameron Grimes and LA Knight tag team because they're out on the golf course with Chris and Young Veterans. So hopefully we get to see that, although there's obviously going to be friction between Grimes and Knight, even in the, but they'll probably go on to be a very successful tag team. So, yeah. All right. Moving off of the NXT and over to some other news pertaining to WWE Champions 2021, which is a WWE mobile game, kicked off a multi-week countdown to SummerSlam in-game event and it's being hosted by Snoop Dogg WWE Hall of Famer Snoop Dogg so apparently he has made the trip he flipped companies again he's going from back from AEW over to WWE I think what happened is he jumped off the AEW turnbuckle and then hit the mat so hard that it knocked him back to WWE <laughs> yeah he did not he, he did not belong on that top rope let's just leave it at that <laughs> Sasha Banks immediately said, cuz, we need to talk. So I think that must be what. Yeah. Keith Lee, who we have been fortunate enough to see on Monday Night Raw the last couple of weeks, has gone to Twitter again to say that he would really like to explain to everybody what has been happening in the first half of this year for him. Uh, that's kept him away from us. But he wants to do something educational. So I, we have no indication of what happened with Keith Lee this first half of the year, but he wants to do something. He's going to give us the story somehow. He says, stick with it for a couple of weeks. Looking forward to hearing what Keith has to say. If he wants to do something that will share his story to benefit us all. Yeah, I have the slightest clue what they got in store for us, but it seems like it's going to have some sort of realism involved. So, yeah, and I'm not sure that it's going to be like an on-screen thing or if it's going to be I mean, I, like an on-screen product, like on Raw or anything. Yeah, I think it's going to be Keith explaining over credit or something like that. So we'll see. We have to stay tuned. Yeah. Major League Wrestling to release a miniseries this August called Fusion Alpha, and it will serve as a bridge to their fall season. I guess it's going to have matches. It's going to have championship matches, but it's going to be mini episodes to get us to when they're back running full-time in the fall. I guess we can all look forward to that. I have missed my Dynamite pre-show, which I used to call Fusion because it came on at 7 right before Dynamite. So, 
Now they're not on the same days anymore, though. I don't know, because MLW does have their deal with Vice, and they've had, they still have a deal with BN Sports, and they, they have YouTube content that they put out. So I don't know what they're going to do when they come back. I would expect a full announcement of a new schedule and everything. Maybe they'll keep the time slot, maybe they won't, but I hope so, because I kind of like that. We have a few more teams announced, John, for Impact Homecoming this weekend. We have Brian Myers and a mystery partner, Tommy Dreamer and Rachel Ellering along with Jordan Grace and Petey Williams, Thick Mama, Mama Pump, and what's Petey's name again? Make Believe Muscle? It's <laughs> something like that. Himself in the uh, in the promo that he, the, the Steiner promo, the 66 and two-thirds, that whole crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end, Petey Williams calls himself Make Believe Muscle. In the, uh, in the graphic, it's Little Petey Pump and Thick Mama Pump. So um, in any case, if they're not being managed by Scott Steiner this weekend, we riot. But like you mentioned, uh, when, when we were talking about these teams pre-production, the Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace being on different teams, of course, they're probably going to come to a head. Yeah, I feel like Ellering is going to end up pinning Jordan Grace, and that's going to finally give us the heel turn we're looking for on Jordan Grace, because that's something we've been calling for almost as long as Dakota Kai. Right. Raquel Gonzalez but only because they've only been together last time. We've been calling for a few months now, at least. This whole Impact Homecoming King and Queen thing, do you think that the the moniker, the crown belt, is better suited to a heel or a face? I think anything like this is more for face or for heels because, you know, you need to be able to brag and call yourself the best. And when you win something like this, people aren't expecting you to be humble. So when you have like, like a John Cena type for something winning, like a kick, like you wouldn't have John Cena win King of the Ring. Like you would have Seth Rollins win King of the Ring. So he could be like, ah, you know, I hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I think maybe, I, did you say Rachel pins Jordan or Jordan pins? Oh, Rachel pins Jordan and that sends Jordan over the deep end, I think. Okay. But then ultimately somehow loses to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I could see them meeting in the semis or something. And then Jordan Grace costs her the finals. There's like, it's all in one day, right? Yes. And we're, I don't know. Based on what I know today, I'm going with Queen Rosemary until I see some more teams. Yeah. So we got Myers in question mark, Dreamer Allery, P and Grace. And we got who else? Cardona and Greed and Rosemary and Crazy Steve. Okay, so yeah, we're still looking for Tennille and Caleb, but the K will probably be in there. Yeah, and I can't really think of who else. We got Yana, Sue Young, Susan. That'd be fun if they could work a way of getting Rich Swan and Sue Young to team up. I you know. That'd be great. Like some sort of ping pong ball scenario where it's, oh, I pick you, and it's just they're together. That'd be fun. That's you them work together. All right, tonight on AEW Dynamite it is Fight for the Fallen. And again, we talked about yesterday's show that they're making a donation to the Safe Alliance, $100,000, nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hope and healing for domestic violence and sexual assault survivors. That's tied to tonight's event. And we have a full lineup Santana Ortiz versus FTR, long tag team match, Chris Jericho versus Nick F. Engage in the second labor of Jericho. That's no rules. Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus versus Private Party at Helico. Hikaleo is getting an IWGP US Championship match against Lance Archer. This is probably most people's 
first glimpse of very big man. Good Brothers, Young Bucks, Omega versus Page, Silver, Reynolds, Grayson, and Uno with title shots galore on the line. Tony Khan making a live announcement and then just announced, most recently, Julia Hart versus Thunder Rosa. Newly contracted Thunder Rosa. Yeah, she's been in there for over a year without a contract on loan from AAA, right? NWA. Oh, NWA. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we have a full lineup on the card, John. What's the match sticking out for you? Which one do you think is the last deal show? I want to see the Archer versus Sigaleo match because that guy will like being Haku's son. Right. And that, that's enough to sell me on. He's probably like a tough, badass guy. So I want to see what he's got for Lance Archer because he's a tough, badass guy too. So a little caption will read Haku's son. So definitely a bad A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the elimination match is interesting too. The 10, the 10 minute tag. I, I think there's a lot of hype around that. And I don't know. There's part of me that's, there's just a small part of me thinking that Hangman Page. And the Dark Order might not win that match, even though that's what everybody's leading to. Although I don't know who Kenny would face it all out, if not. Yeah, because you don't see Kenny losing this title just yet. They could do a thing where Page, he loses to Page at all out. And then they push the Page Omega match down another year. I don't know. Or maybe we never get the big title change off a of Page Omega match. Yeah, because it's been assumed that he's the next in line ever since... Ever since the beginning, it was like, okay, they got Jericho, then Moxley had it. They got to give it to Omega next. It's good. Definitely go on a page after that, whenever. Because yes. we were calling for Omega to be next, probably like six months before that happened. And we were calling for Page to win it after him at the same time. Yep. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I'm not picking against Omega unless something really changes in the next month when it comes time. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, John, any words of advice? This, this I actually do have a word of advice for everybody and this uh, sticking with the fantasy football theme because it's that time of year and I'm pretty much obsessed with fantasy football and this has to do with the rules of your league you should never ever have kickers or defenses in your league ever again after listening to me right now there's no reason to have them in there you do all your research hours and hours or in my case days and days of research on which position players are going to do what and blah, 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 only to have your kicker or your defense blow it for you because it's windy and the kicker misses a couple extra points or your defense is up by 40 and they play relaxed and they give up three late touchdowns and you lose a bunch of points. So you got to get rid of kickers and defense from your fantasy football leagues if you want to make it legit. Wow. Al Carl mentioning kickers have feelings too. Uh, I have played fantasy football several seasons, not in the last couple of years, but sometimes my kicker is the highest scoring person. But it's also it's also extremely random. It's like their team has to come close to scoring and not score a touchdown for you to get a, a field goal. So but you have the kicker on the best team. It's actually not that good because or the best kicker might not even get any shots at a field goal. Because this team scored five touchdowns that game. So then he gets five extra points and he scored five points off. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a controversial topic. I do. Well, it's just, it takes, it's, it adds an element of randomness and luck to something that you try to take as much randomness and luck out of. That's the way I feel about it. Okay. 
Okay. Anything in the world of wrestling that we left off today, John? No, none that I can think of it. All right, then for John, I am Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow. John DeCani will be here. We'll do the roundup and uh, close out the week. See you then.